This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What's up, you cool cats and kittens? Justin Michael back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. Now, if you're wondering, are the rates really as good as what I've been hearing? They are. They absolutely are. And you do not want to miss out on this. Look, y'all, it's pretty simple. Mike and Virginia are here to make the refinance process as simple as possible. They can save you up to hundreds a month and thousands of dollars in interest over the life of the loan. Who doesn't want to save thousands of dollars? They can help you find out if you're eligible to reduce or potentially even eliminate your current mortgage insurance premiums. But they know refinancing is not for everyone. Mike and Virginia will run a quick analysis and honestly let you know whether refinancing might be right for you. Visit dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice. And most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. Call Mike directly at 970-412-2472, 970-412-2472, or visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. All right, welcome back to another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. Joining me today, we have a special guest, Julia Lopez of the Fresno State Market. It says on your Twitter that you work for a couple of different outlets. I didn't want to say the wrong one, so I'll let you identify yourself. All right, so I work for KC24 and also CBS 47. I'm a sports anchor reporter. For them, um, it's a duopoly. So the same company owns both stations. So sports teams, our sports team has to go on both sides and we get double the coverage basically. That's kind of cool. I mean, it's just more opportunities. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's kind of, it was kind of weird at first, but then you get used to it. You just, you know, you got to do another sports cast a few minutes after. <laughs> well, the, the reason I wanted to get Julia on is, well, one, she's a CSU alum, so we're going to talk about that. But two, she's got all kinds of Mountain West connections and Albuquerque native now works in the Fresno market. So I figured who better to bring on than to talk about this game than her. Julia, it's, it's been kind of a down couple of years for CSU and Fresno. It was pretty good for Fresno there for a little bit. Uh, but last year, obviously, four and eight. I'm kind of curious with Jeff Tedford stepping down, were there, were there any indications that that was going to happen? Because it kind of caught me by surprise. He caught all of us by surprise, just because we were all so excited when they made the hire to begin with. Jeff Tedford coming back to his alma mater and, you know, leading the Bulldogs and then also winning that Mountain West championship in 2018. Obviously, the next year was a down year, but we thought that they were going to, you know, turn it around the year after under Tedford. And then obviously he had some health issues with his heart um, and it caught us all off guard. When that press conference came down, we had no idea that he was going to be stepping down. That's so scary. Is there, has there been any update on his status since then? Like, is he doing, doing okay as far as we know? Yeah, we've heard that he's doing good. Um, 
haven't heard much about him. He's, I think he just wants this to be Kalen DeBoer's team now. So he's kind of stepped off to the side, but we have heard that he is doing well. His health is doing well. That's good. I, Mike Bobo actually had some health stuff for a while. And, and there was one point where I remember, you know, just kind of seeing him on the sideline and just thinking like, is this worth it, man? I mean, you do look awful right now. And so I, I respect Tedford, I guess, for knowing when to walk away, especially, you know, not that long after they won a title or a conference championship, I should say. Yeah. And he has history of, you know, health issues when he was at Cal even. So that, that there was kind of a scare there when he was with the Bears. So. Not a, not an easy industry. I'm I'm glad I'm not a football coach. I don't think it'd be easy on the on the body or just the stress levels or any of it. I think any college coach, especially even college basketball, can you imagine just the ups and downs of those games and how fast it, it can turn? It gives me anxiety just like thinking about it. And and they just you have to be so composed. I'd, I'd probably be sweating through my shirt or something. It would it would just be awful. Yeah, a lot of coaches you can see like during, you know, when they raise their hands, you can definitely see the sweat. (laughs) (laughs) That's why they got to wear the jackets. They got to know it's hotter, but it's more discreet. Totally. (laughs) So, uh, Kalen DeBoer, you know, he obviously had the Fresno State roots and um, I know he went away for a year and and briefly was at Indiana. You know, what, what was the reaction when he got hired? Were they stoked kind of because it's the guy coming back home? Or were people kind of disappointed that they didn't go out and find, you know, maybe somebody young and up and coming? Well, I think DeBoer is on the younger side, and I think he is up and coming. This is his first FBS head coaching gig. So this is just, I think, the beginning of his career when it comes to, you know, seeing him in college football and at the helm. So I, I think everybody was really excited, especially when you got to see him with Tedford and the offense that they were able to create. And under him, they won a Mountain West championship. So if they are able to do that with him as the offensive coordinator at Fresno State, they can, you know, utilize him as head coach and obviously knows what he's doing. He's he's done it for a long time, but it's just this is his team now. It's his opportunity to kind of shine. And I think the red wave is definitely behind him. You know, growing up, I, I didn't know a, a ton about Fresno State. Um, they, they joined the Mountain West, you know, around 2011 when the Mountain West expanded and all that. And so I've kind of tried to learn as much as I can about them, you know, in that time. And it seems like they're a program where when they're doing well, it's because they recruit the Valley really well and they're able to kind of get some of those local guys to stay home. Is that something that, you know, DeBoer is kind of emphasizing? We have to keep these Fresno guys in Fresno. You know, don't let the Josh Allens of the world get out. <laughs> yeah, I think that definitely burned them with uh, Tim DeRuiter. I think that's always going to be in everybody's, you know, head. But um yeah, I think that just is a huge reminder that with those big recruits, you have to try to keep that here in the Valley because look at Jalen Cropper. He could have gone Pac-12. He could have gone a lot bigger, but he decided to stay home. And he's one of the most talented athletes that Fresno State has this season and in the future as well. I'm glad you brought up Jalen Cropper because I was, I was kind of surprised watching that first game, how little they got him the football. I know it's, it's week one. Has was that something that has been you know kind of a, a point of discussion over the over the last week? Yeah, so I was actually at that game on Saturday, so I was able to see it. And when I came up on my live halftime shot, I was like, "Why hasn't Jalen Crawford gotten the ball? Like he hasn't touched the ball once in the first half." And then he finally got it in the third quarter, and it was just man, it was late. But um, we did hear that he is nursing an ankle injury, so he's 
Okay. Um, coming off of that, um, nothing too extreme, but I think they're easing him back in. And we did hear that he's going to be um, more, he's going to have more of a, more playtime and obviously make a bigger difference when he does play against Colorado State tomorrow. I think Fresno State, you know, I know they're kind of inexperienced at the quarterback position a little bit, but they have a lot of experience in the backfield with Ronnie Rivers, some talent at the wide receiver position. Defensively, you know, you lose Justin Rice to Arkansas State. What were the expectations for this team locally? You know, is was this a team that is expected to, you know, compete for a bowl or, or at least, you know, be better than they were last year? Well, Fresno State lost three of their top tacklers. You mentioned... Justin Rice as a transfer, Michael Walker, who's now with the Atlanta Falcons, and also Juju Hughes, who's an LA Ram. So two NFL players and one transfer. And um, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's really tough. And I feel like the defense, there's a lot of question marks. There's a lot of younger guys that are trying to step up. Evan Williams is one of those guys who says that he learned a lot from Juju Hughes. And um, he's already a captain. He's a sophomore and they already voted him as captain. So that's how much they believe in him. So it's definitely a lot of younger guys. And I think that's kind of the exciting part too, you know, so we have no idea what's going to happen with this team, but I do feel like the pressure's on just because there's only eight games, you know, everybody's trying to get out there, try to, you know, win every single game because now it's coming down to, you know, we only have a few games and I feel bad for Colorado State that they didn't get that week one game. Oh, I know. So. It, it's, it's, I'm trying to let it go because, you know, we got to move on. They're like, what, what can we do at this point? Uh, we're already on to week two. But when, when they announced that they were going to now play San Jose State, everyone was kind of just like, well, then what gives? You know, what, what has changed in the last six days where you can now travel? But it is what it is. It, it happens, I suppose. Was there an answer? Did they give... Any word on that? Not really. That was kind of my biggest criticism when talking about it on my podcast. Was, okay. You know, I think everybody I think understood everybody that this is going to be a weird cool. year. And, you know, there, we had to have some flexibility. But you got to be transparent in explaining, you know, what's changed in the last week. I've reached out to some New Mexico media members, and they've kind of said that UNM was doing a lot of politicking behind the scenes. And, and that makes sense. But just explain it, you know, what's changed that's allowing it. So at least we can have some peace of mind. Do you think um, just kind of going off of that now that CSU has not played a game and Fresno State has, do you think that gives Fresno State any type of advantage going into this game? We have been talking about that ever since we knew that CSU wasn't going to play week one. Um, Yes and no, (laughs) Fresno State has four days of rest to get ready for CSU. Uh, CSU has tape to look at now just to see what they're running. Fresno State doesn't. We have no, like they have no idea what the Rams are going to be running. They have no idea what, who the quarterback's going to be. They don't know what to prepare for. Um, But I guess they're just going off of personnel and, you know, what the coordinators brought and, you know, where they were at before. I suppose that's, that's all you can do. I I do want to go back to one of the points you said about you know, there's only eight games and that makes them all really important. Do you think that kind of puts more pressure on Fresno State in this matchup given, you know, you already lost one home game. You kind of got to win this one because, you know, you never know. You could get a home game canceled like CSU down the line and you just never know how many you're going to have. Yes, yes. 
every week is so important just because we saw it firsthand with CSU in New Mexico. It's so easy for a game to be canceled and then you can't make up for it. That's what the Mountain West Conference decided on that you can't, you know, reschedule and they're only going to do eight games. But um, yeah, every week is going to be extremely, extremely important. And I think instead of like putting pressure on, the guys just have to play, you know, they just have to have fun. I feel like there is a lot of pressure on them right now, just because they do know that they only have four home games. I'm going to ask you about your CSU roots in, in just a second, but I'm always kind of interested in, you know, when I talk to different people from different communities, obviously sports in a pandemic was a controversial decision in itself and every community responds to that decision differently. What was the decision you know, when the Mountain West got canceled, how did Fresno react? How did they react when they found out Fresno State football was back? Well, Fresno State fans, they are, they rally. They rally around, and I, I was at that home opener, and it was just, without the fans in attendance, I have never seen or felt anything like that before. Um, it was just quiet. <laughs> you have, like, that fake crowd noise coming through the speakers, but it absolutely is and then um I think they were excited obviously to have a season they have something to look forward to to see but at the same time this fan base wants to be at the games they want to be there they want to experience it they they love the tailgating I, I don't know if you experience the tailgating area where you walk through and it's just yeah it's really great. cool yeah. yeah they they love their tailgating for sure they have a good time but um yeah it's definitely it's different. I think they are excited that they get it, but obviously they'd want to be at the stadium. At this point, you know, how long have you been in the Fresno community now? And is it weird kind of, you know, covering a game as a CSU alum covering Fresno State in the Fresno community? <laughs> so I have been here, actually, I just celebrated my fifth year anniversary here in Fresno. So it was in October, actually. So I just celebrated that. But um, yeah, every time <laughs> Fresno State plays Colorado State, I always get an email or a message saying, oh, who are you? Who are you cheering for? <laughs> and I have to say, I'm always cheering for my Rams just because I'm still paying out of pocket, like, <laughs> I'm still paying, you know, for my education over there. But um, yeah, I just, I, I really enjoy covering Fresno State, obviously. You know, it's, it's a great job. Um, it's fantastic, but at the same time, like I spent four years in Fort Collins. Like that's that's a lot of your developmental stage, you know. So you experience a lot over there. And yeah, I always say, you know, I hope Fresno State does well because it obviously makes my job more fun when they're having a good season. So I hope they do well, but um, you know, maybe not against the Rams. <laughs> Did you have any impression of Fresno before you took this job? You know, like, had you ever been there before? Did you know anything about Fresno State? Or did, was this kind of just, you know, a job you landed? Well, the funny thing is, I had no clue. I really had no idea that I was ever going to be here in Fresno. My dad was a radio guy over here for a little bit in Fresno. So I was able to visit him every once in a while, maybe like once a year, just because at the time I was working in Reno, Nevada. So it was another Mountain West school. So I was covering the Wolfpack over there. And um, yeah, it's just never in a million years that I ever think I was going to be here in Fresno. But it actually kind of reminds me of my hometown of Albuquerque. It's very similar with, you know, the size, the people, but very friendly people. And I've, it's been awesome. I've enjoyed every minute of it. 
I'm, I'm not going to lie. I know you can't say it because Fresno is your community, but I got to give Albuquerque the upper hand if, if we're comparing those two. Really? I just, I, well, the food is a big part of it. Like yeah. the food in Albuquerque is untouchable. I would, I would move there just so I could eat. Are you a green chili guy or a red chili guy? I'm a green chili guy. I mean, I'll either way, just like it just Mexican food. If you put it in front of me, I'm going to eat it, but I, I got to go green chili and nobody does it better than Albuquerque. Well, that's the thing. So New Mexico is New Mexican food. It's like, like nothing else. You can't find it anywhere else. Like that's the only area that you can get it at, but you can get Mexican food anywhere, especially here in Fresno. So if you like your tacos, if you like your street tacos, this is honestly the place to be if you like that. But if you're looking at New Mexican food, it's definitely different. And yeah, you can't, you can't compare it. There was a really cool uh, a sports bar that I went to in Fresno last year. I, it was like Bulldog something. I, I can't remember, but it was, it was a neat experience. I was, I was impressed by the atmosphere. Good. Yeah, Doghouse Grill. That's it, yes. <laughs> yeah, they're known for their tri-tip, which is fantastic. Hopefully you're able to get that. I don't remember to me. I had I had a couple of beers at that point to be honest, but it was a fun experience. <laughs> yeah, and it's right across from uh, the arena, so you just walk right over there, right from the basketball game, and it's always always crowded. There's always a line out the door, so that that's a good sign. Yeah, I mean it's packed. I I feel for a place like that right now, just you know knowing that they can't you know be what they would probably normally be during a football season. The season is in full swing and the action is still unfolding, so head over to DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. With so many storylines across both professional and collegiate sports, this is the time to check out all that DraftKings Sportsbook has to offer. If you haven't tried the app yet, head to the App Store now because you do not want to miss out. To celebrate the showdown in Happy Valley, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when placing a bet on either Ohio State or Penn State. Additionally, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to receive a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. And, you know, hey, if you're not a big college football better, that's okay. On top of those great sign-up offers, DraftKings is offering odds boosts every single Sunday to help you make it rain. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Pick Penn State or Ohio State and turn $1 into $100 if they win. That's right, turn $1 into $100 if they win using the promo code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and first bet match. Each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. One, uh, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, obviously, is, is your CSU roots. And it, it's always weird, I think, when you get asked this, that, like, how do you answer it? But why did you pick CSU? Well, um, I lived in Albuquerque for 18 years and I was one of those people that was like, I am not going to New Mexico. I need to get out. I need to, you know, spread my wings and I have to experience something other than this bubble. 
So, um, so whenever like there's valley guys that actually do decide to go on, I totally understand because I've been there as well. You know, you kind of just want to get out of the norm and out of totally. your comfort zone, which is great. But, um, yeah, so I, I had to get out. It was between Arizona and Colorado State. Those were my top two schools. And believe it or not, I never applied to New Mexico. I was like, I'm not going to be over here. So um, those were my top two schools. And I decided on Colorado State just because it was so close, you know, and I, it was something different too. Do a lot of people from the area stay home and go to UNM? Yes, a lot stay over there, and then they also choose New Mexico State, which is just a few hours away, so it's far enough away <laughs> to get away from the parents, you know, and kind of explore, but um, yeah, I'd say a lot do stay at New Mexico. What year did you graduate from CSU? 2010. 10 years. Yeah. Congratulations. Is that something you say congratulations to? I don't really know. Yeah, you made it this far. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Why not? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy um, 2010. Do you, you know, do you miss those days at all? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, now you have a ton of responsibilities. <laughs> like, every, all you had to worry about in college was go to class, get, you know, pass your classes, enjoy time with your friends, and do laundry every once in a while. You know, like that, was, <laughs> those are your responsibilities. And now it's a lot more, obviously, but um, yeah, Fort Collins is honestly one of my favorite towns. It is beautiful. The people are so nice. It's safe and dog friendly and anywhere you go, like you walk around and you feel safe. You know, like I remember when I was a freshman at CSU, I was actually staying in Braden Hall, which is right by the library. And any, anywhere you walk at like midnight or one o'clock, you feel safe, which is hard to find these days. Definitely true. When was the last time you were um, on the CSU campus? Oh, man, it has to be a few years ago. Um, I visited my brother in Denver, and then I made the trip up to Fort Collins, but I still haven't seen the new stadium, and I'm so sad about that. The last time I was there actually covering a game was when Fresno State was over there playing against Colorado State at Hughes Stadium. That was a shutout, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it was not a good game for Fresno State. Yeah, that was a that was a tough one. Um, you'd be you'd be amazed at just all the change on the campus. Even in, I mean, the stadium's obviously a big deal, but I mean, that's a small part of what's changed on campus in the last five years. It's just it's crazy. It doesn't even look like the same school anymore. Yeah, I I have to get over there. I remember the gym was starting to, you know, get construction, and we were working out in a gym where it was like not even a gym. There were just weights like laying around with like no mirrors and. <laughs> It was in the process of a facelift over there, but um, yeah, I cannot wait to just go over there and tour it again. You know, 10 years is a while, so I understand if, if you don't remember all this stuff, but do you, do you remember, you know, your, your favorite spots on campus, you know, where you like to hang out, all that stuff? Well, I was just thinking the other day, I miss Pickle Barrel. Have you been there before? So good. Yes. That is honestly the best sandwich I've ever had in my life. Um, it's the Toonsies with bacon. You got to add the bacon to it. And it is the best sandwich I have ever had. And I've had a lot of sandwiches in my life, but <laughs> that is like top of the top. It is amazing. I always tell people whenever they're going to, you know, Fort Collins, you have to stop by Pickle Barrel. That's a, that's a staple for me, at least. Can't go wrong with Pickle Barrel ever. What a... 
did, what were some of your favorite, you know, CSU sports experiences? Did you go to a lot of games as a student? Yeah, I think the tailgating part was the best because at Hughes Stadium, you know how huge that area is. It's just an open field and everybody brings their trucks. They bring their, you know, cornhole and everybody's having so much fun out there. And then sometimes you even lose track on what time the game starts, you know, like <laughs> if people are like starting to trickle out there. But I feel like in Fort Collins, like <laughs> you're not the first person through the gate. Like you're like, you're having a good time with your friends out there before you get into the stadium. <laughs> Actually, I got, an, I got, an, I had too much fun outside the stadium sometimes because I got an underage drinking ticket outside the stadium. So got to be careful out there. Underage Rams. If you're listening, if you're listening, be careful. Watch out for undercover cops. I think I'm supposed to tell you not to drink, but watch out for undercover cops. That is true. They will patrol out there at the tailgate area. It's okay though. No, it, no hard feelings. It's their job. And I was probably like an obnoxious 19 year old that totally deserved it, but that's okay. Did, um, did you do student media when you were at CSU? Yeah, I was actually, um, a sports anchor over there for CTV. And, um, do they still have it? CTV? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was my, uh, first start in this. Uh, I was a sports anchor, I believe my junior, senior year. And I was actually also on the club soccer team before they turned into a D1 team. So I was oh, playing cool. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, it wasn't as competitive, obviously, as D1, but it kept you in shape. And, it, you know, you were you made some really good friends and kept you out of trouble as much as possible. So <laughs> that was good. But, um, yeah, CCV was one of the best things that ever happened to me because I was able to pick up a camera. I knew how to put a story together. It helped me write because I was able to write my own highlights and stories. and just get in front of a camera and get that experience before you go out into the real world. Did you go out and do like any field stuff or was it mostly just, you know, being, uh, being an anchor at the desk? Um, it was, I did a few packages. I interviewed Tim miles when he was the head coach over there oh. at CSU. He is one of the best interviews. <laughs> like, he has so much personality, such a nice guy. Um, he actually invited me into his office to do it. And, um, He's just, he's one of those coaches that you just want to sit down and listen to. Like anything he says is interesting and he makes it fun. And yeah, Tim Miles is one of my favorite, you know, coaches that I've ever had to interview. As a, as just like a, a local sports fan, when Tim Miles took the Nebraska job, I was, I was heartbroken because I was, oh, Moby Madness, it's gone. I suppose it's part of it. Now, now I'm just kind of numb to that whole pro you, once you're around it enough, you just kind of learn. But back, back then when I was still innocent and had faith in things, I guess. I, um, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I need a prediction. Colorado State, Fresno State, who's taking it home Thursday night? Well, CSU does have the history behind the series. They, they're up, what, 10 to 5? Ten to five, yeah. Um, I think I gotta go with just because of game experience. I gotta go with Fresno State, and it is their second home game, and it's like you said, it's possibly a must-win for them. So I'm gonna go Fresno State thirty-eight, Colorado State five. <laughs> I'd be about it. I, if if we get a thirty-eight thirty-five game, either way, I'm I'm gonna be stoked. You don't think they can put up that many? I, don't, I just, I don't know. I don't know what to expect at this point. 
We don't like I we this is the least I've gotten to watch a CSU offense because we don't really get to go to practice right now because of the COVID stuff. So I'm kind of just like I I think they'll be pretty good, but I don't know. Yeah, have they allowed media into practices over there? No, there's there's no availability at the moment. I mean, for a long time we weren't even getting to to talk to people because there was the investigation stuff and it got kind of contentious a little bit, I think, between the the communications department and the media, but Things are going well now. You know, we've gotten to talk to him a couple of times this week and we're making the best of it. It's it's really all, you know, we can do. I'm sure you know that better than anyone. You know, you, we just got to get creative to fill the content. Man, the last few months, I will tell you, have been the most challenging when it comes to being, being a local sportscaster, trying to fill two and a half minutes, three and a half minutes of sports with nothing going on. <laughs> you got to get creative for sure. So. That was an interesting time, but I'm so glad that we do actually get to talk about games and Fresno State, and yeah, I'm really excited about that. Did you get, did you hear about Fresno State basketball? Oh, I, I saw that on Twitter right before we started this. Was did have you heard anything about that? Was that a surprise? It didn't look like it's a massive outbreak, but enough to shut it down. Yeah, it just says that you know a couple players have it, so they wanted to shut it down uh, for a couple weeks, which. We had no idea. We just got an email saying that they were going to do that. and We had no idea. We don't know how long ago that was, but we just found out about it today. Are they giving you guys any type of update as far as, you know, like what their testing numbers look like? No, nothing specific. Oh, that's kind of frustrating. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It is. But, you know, we'll take what we can get right now. So That's where I'm at. I'm trying to, and like... I just try not to be that guy all the time that complains constantly. Oh, it's so hard. You know, I mean, we cover sports for a living. So at the end of the day, our jobs are still pretty good, even if we have to, you know, work a little bit harder some days. Totally. (laughs) Well, Juliet, thank you so much for doing this. It was awesome to get to, you know, chat with you and get your perspective on all this. I'm really, you know, looking forward to this game. I wish I got to go out to Fresno. I was out there last year, but COVID stuff, I I can't travel this year, unfortunately. But, you know, are are you going to be at the game? Um, no. Well, we have a three-person sports team, so we definitely just, everybody takes Rotated. their turn. Yeah. Out there. yeah, so, um, I was out there last game. Scott's going to be out there this game, and I will actually be anchoring. So, I'll be doing the highlights when I lose. <laughs> Shout out all the Fresno people. Make sure you watch Julia's highlights. Keep up with all her content. Where can the people follow you on Twitter? So, they can follow me at Julia Lopez 3 at Julia Lopez number 3 Nice and easy. Sometimes people have the weirdest, don't have weird handles, people. It makes it hard for people to find you. Way harder. Yeah. Don't have like a million numbers after your name. One of social media 101. Yeah, exactly. Or just a nickname that nobody knows, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I feel like that a lot of athletes have that, you know, like they have a nickname that they had when they were a kid. Nobody knows about it. And you try to find them on Twitter and it's not the right person that you're looking for. I know exactly what you're doing. That's a very niche subject, but I know exactly what you're talking about right now. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Julia. Great to have you on. And, you know, hopefully we can get you on throughout the season. Absolutely. Justin, thank you so much for having me. I'm always open to talking to Colorado. 
peaches out of palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water, together make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I want.